would you have any advice? Do you have anything that you wish maybe you knew when you were starting out that you'd want to be able to pass on to someone who might be only starting out on their journey? Is there anything um, to share with them? Don't do it because it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> 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 Hello and welcome back to the Indie Heroes Journey podcast. Today I sit down with John Dexter, the man behind Alpha Dogs and Dime Store Detective. Dime Store Detective currently has its second issue available to get on Kickstarter if you want to go and support that there. You can also buy his back catalogue of work. Um, Some great stories, really interesting ideas. We talk a little bit more about it here in the episodes and obviously we dig into his journey. But yeah, I won't keep you any longer. Please enjoy john thank you for being here yeah thanks for having me on your show um i appreciate it we're about ready to launch dime store detective issue two with issue one ketchup um available for the kickstarter it's been a quite a journey um whirlwind kind of because <laughs> i just finished uh the at my alpha dog issue three kickstarter a few months back so digging back into it glutton for punishment but uh i really believe in the project and it's got a lot of good reviews and people seem to be enjoying uh dime store detective great well yeah i from from the looks of things it looks like a really kind of cool series the description has it as like kind of a true crime meets it so it's got this kind of like supernatural horror kind of element to it that's right up my street that's definitely the kind of thing i'm interested in so it, yeah it looks exciting and it's good that that'll be launching i'll definitely have to check that out when it comes up but we want to we wanna dig more into your story. So obviously you've got your comic books, your things that you develop and you make, but we want to know more about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I've wanted to be a writer since I was a little kid. And ever since I can remember, my room was a television studio where I would have TV shows. And so my whole life has always been uh, this love of writing and creating stories. And then when I was 15, I decided I want to become a screenwriter and started doing that for a while um, and got in some some contests that I did okay, a little reaching out. I was able to place two years in a row as a semifinalist in the Academy Awards uh, Nicole Fellowship, where they take out of 7,500 people, I was able to reach the top um, 180 uh, semifinals two years in a row. So there was some studio buzz about my project. It was called The Weeping Trees. But like most 99% of screenwriters, their project dissipates. And then I had gotten back into thinking about uh, comics again Um Ever since I was in, oh gosh, back in 94, I had watched the X-Men cartoon, like most kids, um, 90s kids, and that just, I was just enthralled with the X-Men, and I collected all the back issues I could afford. Uh, Wolverine was a huge uh, influence on me. I just loved his backstory, and that kind of led to my love for comics plus film, and I had my new... uh, concept called alpha dogs uh back it's been a good six years now that i created that comic book um because i just thought it would lend better and due to covid i wasn't able there was no publisher you could send your stuff to neither kickstarter and so i launched and i was able to get funded and now i'll be kicking off my fifth kickstarter campaign this time it's for a totally different concept called dime store detective where it's, I love noir. I love um, 
Raymond Chandler. I love the, you know, the detective mystery stories, but also I love supernatural stories as well. And it's the best way to describe Downstore Detective is True Detective meets um, Stevie King's It. You kind of put those together and you would get Downstore Detective, which the name Downstore Detective is kind of a throwback to the 30s and 40s those dime store novellas that came out uh, with a really cool covers, um, dramatic covers of like the detective and, and dire straits and the, his uh, damsel in distress. And so I kind of, there was a lot of influences that built around the story, but also um, it kind of all came together when I listened to a podcast about the Dixie mafia and you're probably not familiar with the Dixie mafia, but um, so you know, you heard of the New York Mafia, you know, the Al Capones and Chicago. And, well, the Dixie Mafia was is kind of like the southern good old boy uh, version of it, where these guys would um, murder for hire, rum runners, moonshiners. And there was a story about this, true story, about this boy whose dad was involved with the Dixie Mafia. He was a notorious contract killer. But the son just, he never... It, no matter what his dad did, it never diminished his love for his dad. And so that kind of got me the idea of, you know, having this kid <clears throat> that his dad is involved in this moonshine war and I'm sort of detective with this rival gang. And there's a lot of murderers, murdering that goes along with it. But the son uh, loves his father. And in that uh, we get the supernatural force that comes into play. And I don't want to give too much away, but it's, it's um, unknowingly unleashed. And then we cut to the present 40 years later with the detective on this um, case of this woman who's been murdered and her body has been left on display over the burial grounds. The detective's father and uncle buried a bunch of bodies from 40 years ago. Um, so that's a lot to take in, but it's uh, it's a, an eight issue story that kind of uh, slowly we figure out um, the mystery to this evil entity and why it's connected to the detective forty years later. Awesome! That sounds really good. So you mentioned it's in in eight. <laughs> you mentioned it's an eight issue story. So do you have the whole thing mapped out? Like, do you have that? That planned ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, all eight issues are written. But how I write, um, I'll just if something will just simmer and percolate my mind for a while, and I'll just write notes because I don't want to. I want it to be all come together before I write it. So it's, it was a few months of kind of um, working itself out, and then when I write it, it's just nonstop writing and writing and writing until. Uh, kind of exercise my own demon of getting <laughs> getting the story out. So yeah, all eight issues are written, and uh, I'm really proud of it. And people have really responded to it. And you mentioned that you've you've always wanted to be a writer since you were quite young. And that was it. Was it at 15 that you entered those Academy Award competitions? And no, were, no, it was 15 when I, I started screenwriting. When I decided I wanted that, that right, was what okay. I wanted to do to become a screenwriter. It was about sure. oh gosh, I want to say it's been a while now. I couldn't even tell you. It's been uh, um, I think it was 2013-14 is when I entered into the Academy Awards screenplay contest and was able to do so well in it. And it really gave me confidence that maybe I, I did know what I was doing. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. 
Great. So you always wanted to be a writer. You always kind of you got into pursuing that from the age of 15 and then you kind of, you know, worked on different scripts and different things like that. Did you end up doing any jobs that were kind of in that area? Is that kind of the line of work that you do now outside of comics? Uh, no, no, totally different. I am an inspector for a construction company. Uh, I got to right, do the okay. job. Yeah, totally. Basically, it was just something, um, just a job, you know. Uh, <laughs> I started out basically because I would get my summers, my winters off, and then I just figured, okay, I can work on my my passion, my screenwriting, and um, when I'm laid off. Um, so everything in my life has basically been sitting around trying to make it as a writer. So if anybody, you know, I'm 47 now. <laughs> so, you know, and not to say I've made it by any means, but, you know, I, I, I'm one of the uh, good examples of to never give up on your dream um, just to keep on working at it. And because not to say I've made it big or anything, but I've got a little bit of a following with the comic books that I'm doing. So it, it's pretty pretty fun pretty incredible when i get uh reviews and people have really responded to it definitely and you can see that i mean just for me in terms of following like your twitter or looking at your kickstarter i've, I've seen that obviously you've run four projects already on your your kickstarter you've got a fifth one that launches today the day that we're recording this um and you know each of those they've raised quite a significant amount of money like a lot of kickstarters for for people when they start out trying to make comic books will tend to be maybe like a $500 goal or or something around that kind of region. For each one, I've, I've seen that yours kind of sits around the $3,000 mark yeah, most yeah, of the time. Is that right? I'm hoping I can bust through that. But yeah, um, it's been pretty consistent. But at the same time, it's been... I haven't been able to go to combo conventions because of COVID and stuff. So I think once I start getting to sure. more conven- convection- <laughs> conventions... Um, I'll hopefully be able to raise that number. Just this last weekend, I had my first uh, convention of 2023, and I sold 63 books um, Saturday and Sunday. So that blew my old record of like 30 uh, right out of the water. So uh, people, like I said, are, are it's it's a slow. I mean, it, it's it's a grind. I'm not gonna lie, uh, especially when you're doing it all by yourself. You know, I'm an indie guy, and it's just me. So doing it by yourself it's almost basically like having your second job um but you know it's 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 my passion and my goal is to eventually get a publisher and hopefully have my comics come out every couple months instead of having to wait you know four months for the next issue it's it's tough but that's that's the nature of the beast right now it's good to see the kind of success that you're you're getting it's good to see the response that you're kind of getting and obviously now that kind of covid is at least dialing down in different parts of the world that you're able to get out there to conventions and kind of uh plug your product through that and, and get speaking with people directly it, it's really good and i think i think that tends to be the case for a lot of people right now who are trying to either break into the scene or coming back to the scene after kind of uh covid and things like that obviously smashing your old record when when was that was that pre-covid yeah i just last year i only went to i think it was three comic book convictions only one major one the rest were really really tiny ones because i had um kind of got in late with going to them my first kickstarter was just uh it was like march of 2021 so and then it was almost a whole year before i was able to get the money 
raise the money for issue two of Alpha Dogs. And but because of the success of that and kind of getting money here and there, I was able to have the uh, comics come out a lot sooner. So um, I've been able to this year, I've signed up for a bunch of conventions. Um, so if you live in Michigan, you will probably be seeing me if you go to any comic cons in Michigan. Um, right now, I'm just staying here because, you know, I don't have enough of a following, I think, to make it. And I have a job to go um, in different states and stuff yet. So hopefully that's down the future. It's all going to kind of depend if I'm able to get um, a publisher. And I haven't tried yet. I'm going to try probably after Dime Store 2 comes out. I'll probably try to solicit some uh, publishers. We'll see. Great. That sounds cool. So what was it for you? What what was it the first thing that kind of broke you into it, into the kind of industry, whether it be screenwriting or whether it be comic books? Obviously, you said at 15, you kind of got interested and then maybe you worked at it in bits and pieces since then. Obviously, about 10 years ago, you, you were able to win those Academy Award kind of competitions. And then more recently, you've started working on your comic books. What would you say was the first kind of thing you did? Did you do some smaller projects? Um, no, it's all just kind of been um, just what you see here. Um, I haven't really... I did another comic book a long time ago that... Um, <laughs> did absolutely horrible because uh, I didn't really know what I was doing yet. That was about eight years ago as when I, I tried my hand at my first comic book, but yeah, I haven't really done much uh, locally. It's all been just trying to raise the money um, via the internet um, for a Kickstarter for my comic. But um, I had a, another project I was going to do, but it, it fell through a little, sh a movie short I was going to do. It's, it's really tough um, getting people and, when you don't have much of anything to pay them or nothing to pay them um, to get going. So this is just, I and I just love uh, comic books. I just, I enjoy writing those so much more than writing a script because you're more of, you're a director plus a uh, writer. So it's, it's all yours. If it goes down to flames, there's nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah, no, I totally get it. No, that's great. What I'm trying to kind of, uh, establish is just kind of as we're talking about this hero's journey concept and applying that to, to your life it's good to kind of piece together how these bits fit so over the the last couple of episodes and over the kind of course of, of doing this series we're, we're really digging deep into kind of the three parts of the hero's journey so we've got part one which is the departure which is everything that kind of leads up to starting out on your adventure you know if we're talking about um heroes like the comic books that you really enjoyed you said that you watched like the animated x-men series and things like that you know there'd be a lot of people who uh, these mutants who didn't really understand their powers and they were staying at home and you know they were afraid of these things and they didn't know what to do and until professor x or some sort of mentor came along and invited them to come to learn how to use their powers and how to develop them uh, they really didn't have much that they were going to do with it they were kind of shying away from the, the opportunity and so we want to figure out what your kind of, um, what your early kind of uh, dipping your toes into this was. Maybe if there was something like a refusal of the call, maybe if there was something like meeting a mentor that kind of pulled you through. Um, obviously, we've, we've learned a little bit about kind of, you know, growing up, you had a, a real big interest 
and all these different things like comic books and the animated series for X-Men and, and these kind of superhero things. Um, and so you were very keen on these things. What, I guess what I'm trying to pull out a little bit more is, um, is really just how you kept on working on it from then to now. Because I think, I think obviously you said you're 47 now. Um, I think it's all the more impressive to see someone who has is dumb enough you know, not kind to of, quit. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, sure. If you want to phrase it like that, no. I mean, I think I think it's great seeing someone who keeps the kind of fire burning for it. You know, for for me, I'm a little bit younger. I I've always wanted to be a writer too. Um, I'm currently 28, and I've done a couple of like independent comic books and things like that. But like you, I'd love to get into screenwriting. I'd love to get into, you know, making these bigger things, getting a literary agent and things like that. What is it that kind of kept your fire burning all these years? Was there little bits and pieces where you're putting together stories the whole time? Did you always kind of have that creative spark that while you were going and doing your other work, you were coming back at the end of the day and kind of just going, oh, this would make a great story. Like what? What kept it going? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's just part of my DNA. You know, it, I can't not. Right. You know, I can't not, I mean, I would just explode. My head would explode if I wasn't able to, you know, release the stories that have been, um, you know, in my brain. It's, um, you know, I know it's, it's a creative outlet, but at the same time, it's, you know, part of who you are. And, and you just can't turn that. I just can't turn that off. There was a few times that, you know, I didn't write anything for a year because I was so fu- uh, frustrated with not getting the success. Um, so there's a few times of that, but then eventually it would kind of creep back in and, and it would just build and build and build until I had to um, to write it and, and tell the story that's been on my mind because I just believe it to be a terrific story. And some of them have been and some of them haven't. In a lot of things, it's um, it just maybe took me a little longer to grow as a writer and a person um, to get to that point that I am hopefully um, recently now with telling stories that kind of um, encompassing all of the um, intricacies and the nuances that go into telling a compelling story. I mean, anybody can write down a story, but to get an audience that keeps on coming back, whether it be you know TV or movies, um, there's a lot that goes into it. You never, they say a script is never completed it's just abandoned and that's very true i think because it can always get better I mean, you can take any just about any movie maybe a few maybe not but just about any movie and you can kind of pick apart something i mean i hate going back and reading something that i wrote even recently because oh man i should have done this that or the other but um and you know i think plus for me wanted to prove people wrong that no, actually I am, I do know what I'm doing and that I do have uh, talent um, that that's also kind of helped the, keep the home fire burning is um, wanting to prove that, you know, I am um, somebody that I know what I'm doing and um, I do have talent. So, cause a lot of people I'm sure, you know, um, just, don't believe that you can, you know, succeed because it is a very, very tough field. You know, it's there's reasons only a handful of people that do this for a living is because it is it is a very difficult field and um, it takes somebody a lot. I mean, a lot of 
work um, to eventually, you know, sculpt themselves from a block of <laughs> granite to uh, a beautiful sculpture is basically what a script or any kind of story is. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think, <clears throat> I think that's so true that, you know, it, it can be a really, it can be an uphill climb, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges that you face in doing it. Like you mentioned, um, it is like doing a second job on top of whatever your full time is that, you know, if you want to make comic books and for most people that get into this kind of field, it is something that you do on top of whatever else you're doing. There's not many people that jump into it and are earning a paycheck from Marvel or DC from day one. Yeah. Literally, you know, you kind of have to, to do it all on your own back, do it all on your own time. And, and really bring that dream to life. So yeah, it, definitely it can be a struggle. I like what you said in terms of like there were there were times where maybe for a year or maybe longer sometimes you you kind of took a seat back, it took a step back, and you, uh, you you struggled to kind of get back into it. But then in terms of you wanted to prove to yourself and prove to others that you you have the ability, you have the talent, um, you you got right back in it and you you started again. And I think now that you're seeing kind of that audience grow and, and certainly the, the success from the, the last Kickstarters that you've done and, and the one that's coming, hopefully, uh, I think, I think, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to see. Yeah. And with writing, you know, it's, everybody's got an opinion, you know? Um, so you can write something that one person thinks is terrific. Another person thinks it's crap. Um, but, I think if you're honest with yourself and kind of can step back and read what you wrote and take an honest assessment, you, you know, you know, is this good? What I, well, for me, if I can read something, uh, one of the comic books I wrote and I don't get bored because I, I read it, you know, I, I work on the, you know, you might work on a, a line of dialogue for two hours because just to get the right voice. Um, but if I can read what I wrote again and not get bored, that I know I've done something well. Now, of course, you're, you're always going to be your biggest fan, <laughs> you know, whatever you, so, um, but I've read other stuff I've wrote before and I'm like, if you're getting bored, then you absolutely know your audience or your readers are going to get, are going to get bored. So, um, and the, thankfully, I, even though I, I tend to not to reread what I wrote because, um, I always pick little things apart, but, um, so far, I, I think I've put together with them sort of detective uh, something that is very unique. And a lot of you find nowadays is a lot of regurgitation uh, of something you've seen before. But with them sort of detective, I wanted to make sure because I wrote it actually many years ago, um, but I just didn't think it was quite original enough to to make the impact that it needed to make. But I think now I've put together something that. Um, that people, it'll be a story that people have, haven't seen before. Great, that sounds really, really good. And then, so obviously Dime Store Detective is is one that is launching now, issue two of that, and, and issue one came out uh, a couple of months back, you said. Um, with Alpha Dogs, that was the first Kickstarter that you set up, the first mm -hmm. issue of that. There's three issues of that released so far. Mm -hmm. Alpha Dogs issue one, was that about two years ago that you released that? Yeah, Kickstarter yeah. It's, started it's, that Kickstarter? it's been almost two years now that Alpha Dogs, Alpha Dogs issue one, I think it was in April. So we're getting close to being two years when Alpha Dogs 
issue one came out and uh, I had no idea. It's actually inspired by my own dog. <laughs> um, we were living, I, which is kind of cool apropos really, because, you know, you write all sorts of stories. They think are cool and neat. But then when you write something that is near and dear to your heart, I think it gives you more passion and more strive to see it succeed where something that, you know, you write and that you, um, even though you, you really enjoy it, um, you won't go back and, and fight for it the way you would something that's near and dear to your heart. Um, and Alpha Dogs is inspired by my own dog, who's a pit bull mix, um, who we were living in a town and they had outlawed dogs, pit bulls, and we either had to get rid of the dog or move. So we, of course, moved. And so it kind of was the genesis of creating this dog that is feared by the public because of his breed and size, but he actually has a heart of gold. Now, the difference is the dog in Alpha Dogs has superpowers <laughs> and is on the run for mercenaries. So slightly different. Slightly, slightly, but that no, that's really, really interesting. So, what was it that inspired you to kind of start that Kickstarter? Had you had any experiences with Kickstarter before? Was that your kind of first? No, I just had heard it, it like, and, and I knew whoa. it was. It, like I said, it was during COVID when everything was shut down, so you couldn't sure. go to publishers or anything like that. And so I had heard that Kickstarter was a great avenue for people like myself that are trying to make their dream come true, um, but don't have any connections because that's a lot of what it is. It's luck, you know, it's luck and talent, but it's also connections. And I have no connections to the comic book industry. So I decided, well, I'm going to do it by myself and do it on my own. And thankfully I was able to um, get it funded. It was get, It was close, but I was able to get funded. And every Kickstarter of the Alpha Dogs has gotten done a little bit better financially than the last. So hopefully issue four, when it comes out uh, later on this year, it'll be, you know, hopefully a breakthrough issue for me. I'm waiting for that breakthrough issue. <laughs> yeah, you don't really definitely. do Kickstarters for comics to make money. You just hope not to lose very much money. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's something that we've talked about multiple times already on, on the series. Because yeah. it is, absolutely. Kickstarter and comic books, you know, I think a lot of people get a false impression when people see how much, like, the goal is for fundraising of a comic book. I think people sometimes kind of think, oh, you know, it costs this much to make a comic book. But the reality That's is, you know, it costs... <laughs> yeah, no, it costs way more. We're just kind of... We want to get it out into the world and we want everyone to see it, so... Yeah. So that's where yeah, it comes you, in. You hope that as the conventions go on and uh, as more Kickstarters go on, you're able to grow and grow. So that that's that's the goal. And there are some people that have made a lot of money on their combo Kickstarters. I'm not one yet, but hopefully in a year or two from now, I can. You say that, but also, so you didn't have, did you have any kind of audience? Did you have like a, a significant following on Twitter or anything no, when you nothing, launched nothing. that first started, Kickstarter? There was nothing? There was absolutely nothing. I started from zero and just bugged the shit out of people. Um, I mean, when you, <laughs> I guess to make your dream come true, you kind of got to be an asshole. <laughs> you know, you can't be polite because, uh, I mean, I'm going to message you. I'm going to tag you. And if you don't like it, just block me. But uh, you're going to get, if you're a friend of mine on any social media, you're going to get contacted. Hey, I apologize, but take a look at my comic book. Um, I don't think anybody's ever made it, you know, 
starting out on your own, doing it with no help, um, without being a little bit of a pest. And so I'm sure I, I know I've pestered plenty of people on social media, but like I said, you can always unfriend me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I'm the kind of person well, you know, I'd rather ask forgive. I'd rather uh, ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I think I think it's working out for you so far. Looking it's at cool. it, Alpha Dogs, you mentioned that it was. It was close that you kind of um, got funded. I was looking through the updates because I've gone back and I've had a look through kind of your different Kickstarter campaigns and stuff yeah. like that. With that first one, there was like one update where I was saying four days left and we got fully funded. So yeah. obviously you were running for however long and then it was four days left and that's where you kind of like hit the mark. You had 108 backers in total and you made a little chunk over 3000 you know, a yeah. couple hundred dollars over $3,000. Yeah. And... Um, I, I'm just kind of blown away with that, to be honest, for a, fake, a first Kickstarter with no one knowing and, and no kind of audience. That's that's great. So obviously pestering people paid off. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the last Kickstarter, uh, Prowlpa Dogs 3 and for Dime Store, about the same time. It was right before Christmas. And I will never do that again because it was tough. And everybody's Kickstarters did terrible during the time span because uh, that's when we had the major... Um, inflation rise and Christmas. So people just were not backing projects. So I still did okay. I didn't get as many. I, I think I had a 101 backers. So I lost a few, but I made um, $800 more than I made previously. And that's why is people going back and um, getting the previous issues and stuff. So I still, I came out actually better in the long run um, with, um, uh, seven less backers but um and we'll see what happens like i said I, i'm a lot of people they'll get the first issue um just to see what it's about and they say with kickstarters from issue to issue you lose about um 60 of your readership so you basically have to make all that people up i've i've been fortunate enough i've i've only lost about 50%. So about 50% of the people come back for the next issue, which is, which is actually, what doesn't seem like, would, but actually that's, that's pretty good numbers for a Kickstarter campaign because, you know, they buy issue one. It's like, Oh gosh, then they forget about you. And then it's four months for the next issue. So it is, it is definitely kind of tough to keep the readership unless you're doing them, you know, at least every three months and, financially and plus because i've got dime store and alpha dogs um it's it's kind of tough to to have these issues come out um in as timely of a manner as you'd like but but like you say obviously so you you've had maybe a 50 percent drop off in readership but you've been able to get back a lot of that kind of audience i think again kind of looking from those previous kickstarters and seeing the updates that you've got on the pages it's great to see you go back into each and every one of your campaigns and give people who bought comic books two years ago, a year ago, a couple months ago, updates on the current issues and the ones that are kind of releasing now. Because again, obviously that, you know, it, pestering, but I think giving people updates is, is an accurate term. People will have the opportunity to kind of go, come back and see it then because you're giving them updates. You're giving that audience kind of uh, another opportunity to come back. So maybe that contributed to 
to pull in the higher numbers as well. But I, I don't think I've seen that on a lot of other people's campaigns. Maybe I've just missed it, but oh, yeah, I, 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 liked I don't it. really follow too many. I got my own thing going, so I don't really know what anybody else is doing. To be quite honest, I do support yeah. some people's Kickstarter campaigns. Um, a lot of times they'll support mine. So it, it's with Kickstarter. It, you really want to have a community there, and that's the best way to do it. Instead of you know, you give updates on somebody else's Kickstarter. You support them when they are need need a little bit of a boost. Um, try to make a community, and because that just helps everybody in the long run, really. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of you know, comic book community certainly on Twitter, certainly on Kickstarter, and things like that. It is a strong community. You know, it's yeah, a lot it's, of people that do support each other, and, and because people, I think people are really tired of the mainstream comics with the politics. I, people want stories, you know, and, and the problem with, with, you know, you've got your uh, comics gay people, you got your old people. Well, the problem is, is you alienate, you know, uh, in my opinion, you know, you're alienating two thirds of your audience readership because, you know, half people are liberal, half people are conservative, but then I think a huge chunk don't care. They just want a story. So unfortunately we get, there's a lot of tribalism that goes on in mainstream comics and, I think the indie comic community, um, so f- that I've met, are very supportive, and they just want to tell terrific stories, and that's what I want to do. I don't care about the politics; I just want to write the story that's in my head. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I, you know, I totally agree in terms of a lot of people want to be able to find an alternative to the mainstream, uh, the mainstream kind of comic books, because everyone knows titles like Marvel and DC and those, those heroes are, are household names, you know, certainly. Yeah. I mean, how many Spider-Man stories can, is there out there? You know, it's like the <laughs> Simpsons, there's only so many plots. So, you know, it's been going on forever, like the Simpsons. And, uh, you know, eventually it's just, to me, it's, you know, I, I, I don't even read any of those. I, I just concentrate really on, on the Indies. If you want to call it image Indie. Um, but, uh, that's kind of my, my uh my go-to yeah i think i think the indie scene is like no other you know you can get quirky stories at marvel and dc but i don't think you can get the sheer variety that you get from from indie comic books there's um one by matt garvey right now who has just launched his latest kickstarter called big f off worms and uh he's constantly going on about how it's based on a true story and it was like this news article where nasa was sending worms up into space and he's like wouldn't it be crazy if like they were irradiated and then they came back down to earth and it's just like you know where do you get those bizarre stories but indie comic books and the exact same for supernatural true crime meets you know it from stephen king or alpha dogs where the dogs have superpowers and they're fighting off assassins and mercenaries and whatever else yeah yeah um, marvel dc uh, probably wouldn't touch the giant worm thing with a 10-foot pole but there's an audience out there <laughs> there's an audience for this yeah. kind of thing i mean sure have you had any so obviously i'd say the bulk of your like kind of public comic book journey has been over the last two years with alpha dogs and dime store detective yeah. has there been any big kind of obstacles that you've you've faced over that course of the last two years um, anything that's kind of made you make you think money. about quitting or, or uh, money sure yeah, sure money. it's it's tough because basically you're um you you get your funding from the last kickstarter you know you take them all the money you got from last kickstarter hopefully it's enough to help and not truly totally pay but help 
fund the next one. So, you know, money is definitely the biggest, big obstacle. And also getting an audience when you're just kind of doing it yourself. Um, there isn't a lot of, you know, with people when it comes to supporting indie comics, they don't know me from Adam. So they're just basically supporting me because they like me, you know. Um, and hopefully once they read my comic, they'll say, oh, this guy's got a good got a good comic book i want to keep supporting um they're just there's so many i mean it's really the indie comic scene on kickstarter just exploded in the last few years ever since covid um because they got in basically the same way i did you know uh a means to to um get their book published so it's there's a lot of competition out there so you've got to um, and it's not so much the people that may you see the comics that make a lot of money they're not very good comics it's just that people like them they have a personal connection to that person which is which is great so yeah money you would say is the biggest obstacle there's been no kind of turning back since you you got into this and you've been carrying on these stories and and getting things going yeah well so far i mean alpha dogs four um is going to be coming next but i will probably need to get a publisher after that because it's getting alpha dogs is getting pretty expensive um Dumpster Detective is a little bit cheaper um, to do uh, because half the comics in black and whites um, and some other uh, reasons it's it's been a little bit cheaper, but still um, definitely I, I need to grow um, or I don't know how long I'll be able to do it or if I get a publisher. So we'll see what happens. I'm waiting for to get over that that edge there where I can get a big enough audience. I mean. Ideally, um, I'd like to have close to 200 backers to be, you know, sustainable. Um, and I've got, I'm, I'm about halfway there right now. So I'm hoping that the conventions, um, I can build a bigger audience to keep on doing this or get a publisher. We'll see what happens. Other good goals, good things to work towards. That's great. So with all of that in terms of, so I think we've, we've carried ourselves through that kind of initiation um, and obviously going through the departure for the, the hero's journey template at least now it's kind of looking a little bit into the return so potentially you know with the hero's journey I don't think it's it's always that clear cut in terms of our own lives obviously lives are complicated you know things happen out of order and uh, you know sometimes there's initiation that takes place at the beginning middle and end uh, yeah. there's a return that happens somewhere else and uh, you know things things kind of happen all over the place but in terms of return for you has there been i don't know tell me tell me a little bit about maybe big moments that made you kind of appreciate where you are or things where you were kind of like oh maybe this is something that can go somewhere where any any moments like that so far oh yeah definitely Uh, i mean whenever i get somebody messaging me and telling me how much they love the comic and i actually got one today um i posted it on my social media because that really was flattering and uh because there's plenty of times that you just i mean it wasn't that long ago i just told my wife I said, maybe i should just quit you know i'm kidding this is getting a little silly i'm you know it's getting very expensive and i don't know if this is going to go anywhere i just don't know if I should keep on doing this. And then a few days later, I got a message today um, from somebody that just said, I 
effing love your comic and I'm going to keep on supporting this because uh, it's so good. So th- little things like that. And as I said, um, you know, selling uh, 63 comics, 64 comics at the comic con. Um, that was really um, very, it was probably one of the, if not, it might be the biggest um, I'd say, you know, moments of wow i'm 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 growing i'm 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 going in the right direction here because like i said you know the first few i did last year you know i'd only sold 30 so to over double that was was great for my first one of the year so hopefully it keeps getting better we'll see what happens but um yeah i mean you're always i i am i think a lot of people are always kind of second guessing yourself if you should just stop because it is very time consuming it's very expensive but you know um that's the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't is I think Einstein said um, that, you know, it's 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration because that it's really what separates people from making it is, is that, you know, shark, you know, keep on moving um, to try to make it. Uh, because when you look back on your life, it's, you want to, I think me, I want to be able to say, Hey, I did this, you know, and I was able to accomplish this. There's a lot of people that it is kind of frustrating for me. Um, when you see people that just don't do anything with their lives and just kind of go upon the, you know, the waves, you know, ride on the waves and live off their life. And you have people that, um, work their asses off and, get there or don't get there and their lives are cut short. You know, you only have one life and uh, I want to look back on mine and not have any regrets. Cause I've got enough regrets as it is, <laughs> but this is not one. <laughs> this hopefully will not be one of them. That's great. And I think, I think exactly like you say, where like one of the biggest moments for you was selling 63 comic books at, at a convention recently. It makes such a massive difference as well to be there face to face with kind of these people that come along and, and come to speak to you about your comic, take your comic from your hands. You know, it, like obviously you've had a hundred backers or over a hundred backers on each of your campaigns that's gone on Kickstarter, but being able to stand there face to face with people and, and talk about it, I think it makes it a lot more real sometimes too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's great. I, uh, I really appreciate what you've shared. Do you, would you have any advice? Do you have anything that you wish maybe you knew when you were starting out that you'd want to be able to pass on to someone who might be only starting out on their journey? Is there anything um, to share with them? Don't do it because it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> <Don't do it. laughs> the, the odds of success are so minuscule. Um, but if me telling you that and you still say I'm doing it, then um, read, read, uh, learn your craft. Um, you know, whatever it is, just you want to keep on, you know, reading um, about it and read from the masters. You know, Stephen King's on writing is a big one for me. Um, it depends what you want to do. I, I've never read any comic book, um, how to write a comic book. I've just done the screenwriting because for me, when I write a comic, I do it cinematically. Um, and if you read my comics and you'll know what I'm talking about, it's very, they're very cinematic comics. It would uh, lend uh, to a uh, Netflix series or a movie pretty easily. So not kind of what, hopefully that happens one day, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say um, reading 
books about how to write because as you as you point out this whole thing is about the hero's journey so you got to learn that um and you got to put your main character through hell <laughs> you know uh and get into whatever it is you're writing get into that scene at the very late, latest possible moment um and go from there so uh Stephen King's end writing is a good one there's a bunch of good um screenwriting books or I'm sure comic comic book writing books out there. So, and just try to read a comic book. Um, try to always be reading a comic book to, to learn what the heck you're doing and develop your own style too. You know, don't copy somebody else's style. Yeah. You'll never get there. Just, you want to create your own style. Um, I think that that will set you apart because there's a lot of people I, I was, I see that it's just like, okay, I've, seen this it's basically will be amalgam of two other comics that i've seen <laughs> so but that's the best advice i can give and don't do it because it's a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> that's great and i think i think that don't do it but if you're still going to persist and do it i think that's the perfect advice because like you said you know someone to be able to make it in this industry needs to be that kind of you know shark just constantly swimming pushing 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 so, you know, if that advice, don't do it, puts doubts in your mind and then it makes you put the pen and paper down or, or the, the pencil and sketching down, uh, maybe maybe you do need to think a little bit more on it. But yeah, no, I, I really like that advice. I think that's great. And thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for, for having um, me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. It's been great to talk more about your stories. It's been great to talk more about you and your journey and to be able to be inspired by uh, what you've come through and, and what you're doing now. So I, I really look forward to Dime Store Detective 2 and seeing where things go in the future for you. Hopefully, you know, you land a publisher soon and, and we'll get to see those stories on the big screen soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully everybody, at least at the very least, checks out the Kickstarter campaign for Dime Store Detective on Kickstarter. Um, there's a great trailer there. you got to check out the trailer at the very least. If that doesn't pique your interest to, to buy the comic, I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> perfect and there will be a link for that dime store detective 2 kickstarter as well so we'll have that in here um so yeah please go and check it out thank you again john it was great speaking to you uh really appreciate it and, and thanks for all the advice thanks man again a massive thank you to john for coming onto the podcast and speaking to me more about his journey about his stories and about his his kind of onward adventures um, I hope that you found it interesting. I hope that you found some inspiration there. If you do, if there's anything that's interesting, please let me know. Again, go and support John's Kickstarters if you can. The links will be available. Have a look below. But otherwise, until next time, I'll see you then.